0: All right. <laughs>
1: Great beer is about drinkability.
0: doesn't
2: matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's,
0: that's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet-propelled at all times. <laughs> how many
1: guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think that's you know, bullshit. The- <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. They're no. like a teabag fight. Yeah. That- yeah. You heard of Junkyard Wars? No. Can I get another high five? Five
0: <laughs> now live from the brewing network studios in northern california this is the radio program for home brewers craft brewers beer lovers and beer geeks it's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert
2: brewers together with well expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session.
0: Hey everybody, welcome. It's The Session. My name is JP and I gotta tell you, I'm very very excited about today's show. I've been talking about it. If you listen to the last couple shows, just non-stop for the past I don't know two months or whatever about this show. We are on with Athletic Brewing Company, otherwise known as the non-alcoholic uh, <laughs> brewery. Uh, basically, just the one. I know there's there's a bunch more out there in the in the in the space, but Athletic is the big one. They've gotten all the press. They deliver the product that, for me personally, tastes the most like beer. But we're going to get into all the all the tasting and stuff um, here in a second. But I'm really really excited about it because, again, if you've heard the shows before, uh, before today, I do sort of go on and on about how I like tasting beer, but I don't like getting drunk really, and blah blah blah. And then now I'm going to be 44 in a couple weeks, and I just man, I just I just get tired. <laughs> I just have a beer. And I just get so fucking tired. And it's like, you know, I have two speeds when I'm drinking. It's either it's either falling asleep after one beer or I'm staying up till three in the morning, regretting every single life choice I've made in my entire life. So non-alcoholic beer has sort of filled this space for me um, where I can, I don't say fight those urges, but, you know, quench those urges, I suppose, or at least satiate them for a little bit and not feel like total dog shit. So. Anyway, I'm really, really excited. We're here uh, with Russ and Kevin from Athletic Brewing. Guys, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having us. Awesome, thank you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sending in beer. You sent six. I didn't know that you guys had so many beers, and I I think you even have more than than what you sent, but six beers in a space that, for me, has sort of, I don't know, remained unchanged, I guess. Non-alcoholic beer is sort of like, well, you have, you know was it, what's that Klostheimer or whatever. And then you have like some random non-alcoholic beers made by like the big beer companies, uh, that nobody ever drinks. O'Dul's, you know, that just smells, just smells like the worst skunkiest beer in the entire universe. Um, and then along comes a craft beer and instantly I go, Oh, a, a non-alcoholic craft beer. Sure. Right. This is going to taste like absolute shit. <laughs> And I would I would honestly challenge anybody, and I've said it even before you guys were here. I would challenge anyone. I would put I would put the couple beers from you guys that I've had, I would put them in a flight of craft beer and challenge people to pick out which one is non-alcoholic. Because they just don't it doesn't it doesn't scream non-alcoholic to me. It doesn't have any weird flavor. It's not thin. Some of the non-alcoholic beers that I've had are like, oh, this tastes unfermented. It's like unfermented wort. Or this is a, a thin porter or there's really not a whole lot of flavor in this pale ale or whatever it is. but the beers you guys are producing they're they taste they're, they're full they' they're, com- they're like a complete tasting package. So I want the specific details on each one <laughs> gonna do that? I don't know so we're, we're gonna taste some of the beers and you know I, I do want to talk about it but uh, I do want to talk about just athletics history. When did you guys open up? How long have you guys have been a company? Uh,
2: so I we we started in in late 2017, early 2018 was sort of like the the inception of it all, um, and it started in a garage, uh, just like you always hear about these, like you know the the big old like professional brewers like Sierra Nevada, you know Sam Adams, all those, you know garage breweries. Uh, mm-hmm. It started like that. So Jim, or sorry, John and Bill were the sort of two head honchos of it all. They sort of built it from the ground up. Uh, and then it sort of all took off from there. Um, I don't know if Kevin's got anything to add to that. I was, I was employee number seven. I was the third person to work on the floor uh, in the company. Wow. So I was, I was early on in, in late 2018.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. I came in at number 19. So coming from Ohio to Connecticut. Um, and then in about two and a half years, we're now up to near 200 employees. So obviously ton of ton of growth over that period of time. I think I heard the stat that I think we're the fastest-growing brewery in the country, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, two years in a row. Wow. So like, definitely lots of lots of changes how we've become accustomed to, to living.
0: That's it's crazy, man. I was reading this uh, from Business Wire, I don't know, a couple months ago, I guess, or whatever. It says, uh, the non-alcoholic beer segment went from having little innovation for a quarter century to becoming the industry's fastest-growing segment, up over 430% year-to-date. In 2020, the company grew almost 500 year over year for the second year in a row. That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. What's it like to be? I mean, I've, I've been a part of a lot of small businesses and, uh, you know, that growth hurts sometimes. Like when you get around 50, 60 employees, you start like, you like mid-sized small business and it sort of hurts because it's, things change. The company culture changes and you have to be more professional or whatever, But I'm not saying that's for you guys, but just for the the businesses I've been in, it's it's there's a period of adjustment where it might be uncomfortable for like the the newer employees. Did you guys get any of that sense or was your leader? I imagine your leadership is sort of focused on where things are going in the space. I mean, you don't open up a craft beer, non-alcoholic craft brewery in an industry that is booming in craft beer, alcoholic sales and then not have some sort of plan, some sort of vision.
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely say Bill had a bigger vision than I think any of us actually saw. And he would he would say numbers and be kind of be like, Yeah, that's that's totally gonna happen. And then it just it took off like crazy. But as far as company culture goes, things were going pretty steady. I think we were up to thirty or so people when it was Connecticut. And then back in twenty twenty we expanded out to San Diego to the old Ballast Point facility. And not only did we have a bringing on essentially double the size of our team, it coincided right with COVID. So <laughs> trying to manage God. COVID and then doubling of the company in a matter of months was definitely no small HR feat.
0: Yeah. How how did you do that? How did you navigate the COVID
1: waters? Looking back, I have no idea. <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> yeah.
0: You just did it. It's one of those things. that just you wake up and suddenly it's 2021. Still a pandemic, but at least things are a little more stable.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a run like not to be too on the nose of the whole name and, and no, we're not all athletes. That's one thing that we always get. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get to um, that. It's been, it's been a marathon and we're all running together. And, and, and the good thing is, is we're all, we are all friends. I know that sounds really cheesy and corny, but like we get together and we do like coast to coast tastings every Friday. Like we send each other beer from each of the facilities and we taste them. So it's not like a, we're isolated two different breweries. We are constantly in communication and we're all running together. And when, yeah, when when new ideas come down the pipeline, we're like, yeah, sure, and we may have to pivot, but it's been, it's been a slog, but it's been a it's been a great journey because uh, we're all I don't know we're all we're all friends.
0: That's good. What does that feel like being friends with your coworkers? Is that nice?
2: <laughs> it's a new feeling. Yeah.
0: I can imagine, man. I can definitely imagine. So you started in Connecticut, Russ? Did you or Kevin? Did you move? You said you moved from Ohio to Connecticut. For, was it for athletic or was it you were just in Connecticut because the leaves are cool or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so I was in Ohio uh, working at Anheuser-Busch, uh, okay. brewing, quote, the worst skunkiest beer in the universe.
0: Yeah, um, you were brewing O'Doul's?
1: Yeah, yeah. Fuck
0: yeah, so, I love it!
1: So that was where, uh, where I got my start in, in the brewing industry there, okay. and then uh, tried a six-pack from uh, Upside Dawn, and that's when I knew I had to quit my job and move to Connecticut to, to join a microbrewery. So it's definitely, uh, no one ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, man, that's super interesting. First of all, that's exactly what I'm, I'm going to open right now is the upside down. Um, did you contact them or was it just sort of like, I'm just going to do it?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, definitely sent the application in and then multiple going back and forth where they were trying to see if I was a, a corporate spy or something.
0: And it, Ooh, yeah.
1: We
2: yeah, we actually but, had serious conversations about that. Like we were we were very very concerned at first.
0: <laughs> Seriously,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what? Wow. I mean, you would think, and this is, I guess, what's what's fascinating about about the the non alcoholic beer space is you would think by now all of this stuff would have been sorted out, right? Like you know how to make a a, a, a full bodied, full tasting non alcoholic beer. Is it just? I guess it's easier to easier air quotes to make a non alcoholic. Pilsner-based beer, or, Kevin, that's just what Anheuser busch was doing, so it's like, well, this is our wheelhouse. I mean...
1: If you have a lager-based brewery, you're you're going to make a lager-based knuckleberry lager beer. Uncle, but yeah, okay, yeah. that
0: makes a lot of sense. Well, I like it. Kudos, man, for uh, for sort of following the... Uh, I don't know if it's the dream, but it's clearly the passion for doing something completely unique. I mean, not everybody would, would do that. I know that Anheuser busch doesn't pay peanuts, so... I mean, maybe sometimes they do. I have no idea,
1: but... Um, you know, yeah, I got I got a lot of looks like I was crazy, and then I think even while working there, Russ asked me if I was if I was stable, uh, just <laughs> <laughs> for having made that decision. So,
0: what did you answer? Because I'm sure the answer is no.
1: Yeah, I was a little little a little at the edges at the time. So definitely, yeah. All in all, the right decision. All right, that's all that's the cute. caffeine.
0: <laughs> just sort of a uh, you know an early midlife crisis. Bought a convertible, drove it out to Connecticut. And then there you go. Uh,
1: swap in used Hyundai, and you're, and you're right
0: there. <laughs> there you go. A Miata, bought a little Miata, and I went to town. That's cool, man. So, Connecticut, and, and I read a little bit about, about the, the beginnings of the company where you guys sort of used up, I guess, or, or ran out of room in Connecticut pretty much when you guys opened the demand for non-alcoholic beer was there. And, you know, it, it is mostly athletes. And, Russ, like you were saying, like, you guys definitely aren't athletes. I'm 100% the opposite of an athlete. I mean, I move. Um, but it's not any it's sort of, like, uh, you know, um, strong way. <laughs> One would call graceful.
2: I wouldn't say, like, we're, I'm not an athlete. Kevin is definitely an athlete. But the, as a company, as a whole, we're we're definitely yeah. not all all athletes.
0: Well, you shouldn't be. I mean, I think that would be too too pigeonhole, not pigeonhole, but too like on the nose. Like you said, yeah. it's, uh, it's just too much like, Hey everybody, it's time for our morning protein shakes. And I'm not like slagging off, you know, working out or being fit or athletic or at all, but it's definitely not, um, what am I trying to say? I guess it's it, what, what's attracted me to, to the beers is, is how the beer tastes. You know, I, 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 like to drink beer. I like how beer tastes, but I don't want to get drunk. Um, and it's it, that, and that's, That's just that it has nothing to do with like, Oh, I, I want to run or I want to drink after I work out or whatever. And so it, it's just, it's interesting that like the marketing for me is, is just, Oh, it's just a name. And I'm, I'm just about the, the, the the product inside, but you guys got started by handing out your product by serving a product to runners and athletes and, you know, triathletes and stuff like that. Like that's how you really sort of spread, spread the message. I didn't think that that athletes sort of were, I don't want to say alcohol adverse, but, you know, you're, I guess in a, in a healthy space. What is that about, Kevin? If you're in a healthy space, if you're training or if you're doing that, is alcohol not good?
1: Uh, definitely detrimental. So when I was younger doing races, like it didn't have nearly effect, but turned, I forgot, over 25 and had my quarter-life crisis. Uh, I could definitely start noticing, like, the negative effects of alcohol. So like mm. I still definitely drink full strength alcoholic beer, but now mixing it in with our options definitely does help with sleeping recovery. You don't wake up feeling like shit. Yeah,
0: that, <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is definitely true. So you're expanded to the West coast. You moved into, you said the old ballast point brewery. And I was looking at the, uh, Google maps for some reason. I was like, I want to see where in San Diego this is, but you're like, You're near McKellar, you're near Cutwater, Alesmith is right there. Like that is not a, that's not just like some random spot. I mean, you're around a lot of big name breweries and, and, you know, and and distillery. Was there, were there any sort of like weird looks when you moved in the neighborhood, when those trucks started coming by, were people like, what's going on?
1: Yeah. We got a lot of people thinking that we're just going to be a flash in the pan, kind of like laughing at us. Uh, Especially when we were bringing people onto the team, a lot of people were told like, yeah, why? Like you'll have a job when you come back. When that fails in a matter of uh, months, like we'll hire you back. But <laughs> it actually played out to our favor because we have wow. an incredibly talented team. Yeah, because San Diego has such an like, amazing beer culture that yeah. we're able to get awesome brewers just coming in, excited about the opportunity to like really start
2: from scratch and hit the ground running. And it definitely didn't start that way either. We were we had trouble attracting people, attracting talent. It was it was kind of a a rough a rough start in that regard and we we had a few people that jumped on early and were like cool they a lot of them didn't necessarily come from the brewing industry as a whole and uh now now it's we're getting a lot of great candidates and we are a lot more able to be more selective uh of who we're hiring in in the sense of like skill level and like they actually have the things we want rather than us having to sort of you know bring on new people outside of the industry which is which is always a great thing to do but it's nice to have someone come in like and hit the ground running
0: do you consider you guys' uh, products the like, a competition to craft beer or more of like a coexistent thing? Because it's not the same thing, but it is the same thing. And there's there's a difference, but there's not, right? There's similarities, but there are differences. Are you, do you consider, like, I'm a direct competition with XYZ Brewery down the street or we're all in the same space or we're something totally different?
1: I think we're kind of in a Venn diagram where we are mostly different some people will probably see us as competition if we're taking away what other people are drinking, but I think we can easily exist in the same space of making a great tasting product. And like, we're not trying to be the company that's telling you not to drink. We're just saying, put us in your rotation. See, like, see how we can help, help with whatever you're trying to do with whatever your goals are.
2: Yeah. We're, I I still drink normal beer as well, just like Kevin said. And uh, it's, it's part of like, when you don't want to have something with booze, you go for one of these.
0: Yeah. Do you do draft sales like in normal beer bars and like a whole, I don't know why I, I I guess it is sort of that non-alcoholic beer culture in my mind that's always just sort of been mocked on TV and movies and shit like that. Or like even, well, I guess, especially in, in craft, um, it it just sort of seems like you have to knock three times on the door to the left and then say a secret word to get into the non-alcoholic space where everyone's like friendly. Uh, and it's like, Hey, come on in. We know we share your pain too. Let's have a non-alcoholic beer together. Or you know what I mean? But you can go to like uh, maybe like a bar, like the hop grenade or whatever. And, and, and see athletic on tap rotation there. Not yet. Okay.
2: Soon. Is that by choice
0: or is that by just, it is what it is
2: trying to be safe. So we're, we're really like, we're, we're focused and and we're trying to be, you know, the best we can be as far as food safety and all that kind of stuff. Cause we are a different beast than your average, you know, your, your normal alcoholic beer as far as food safety goes. And so it's, we're trying to make sure that we can make the safest keg of, of non-alcoholic beers we can. So it's definitely a a lot of research going into that and it will, it will be coming to fruition. Just, just not yet.
0: What do you mean safest?
2: Uh, So, I mean, without the alcohol, all we have is really pH to control things and a lot of bars, as you probably have experienced are not necessarily the most cleanly places around. Um, I'm sure you've had the occasional gross tap line.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Never dude.
2: Yeah. So like that, that can be a big problem for, for our product because, uh, we don't have any alcohol to sort of keep things at bay from a, from a dirty system.
0: Oh, okay. I never, I never really thought of it. So what would happen if, if I put your keg of beer and, and I will say, um, the hop grenade. Cleans the lines all the time, everybody listening, so don't worry about it. But there are those bars like my like my kegerator at home. I haven't cleaned for six fucking months. So if I got a keg of your beer, let's say and put it at home, ran it through the tap a couple times and then didn't drink it for a month, what what's gonna happen? I mean, I know in a regular beer it'll like affect the the line and but I don't know if it would really get into the keg. Something like that.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's all sort of connected in that, in that system. So it, it theoretically could, you know, anything can grow back into a keg when it's tapped, even if the taps aren't open necessarily. So really okay. it's just going to be whatever, you know, stuff was floating around the air that managed to be on there when you tapped it. And then that's just going to sour or make it, you know, not what we want to be. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, again, it's a, it's a hard beast because we can't really make a bar do anything. We right. sell them a keg of beer. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And it's, it's up to us to try to make a, a product that, is essentially, you know, indestructible towards any kind of dirty bar that we can find.
0: Well, I think the the answer to that is you you offer to buy their tap that pay for their tap equipment. Isn't that nah, <laughs> isn't that totally legal in California to do? Um yeah, it's uh that's interesting, man. That that's super interesting. I, I I guess I never really would have thought about it. So without and I know you know you're gonna have your your trade secrets, especially in something like this. I mean craft beer and other beers, we are we already know how it's made. But this is, is is different. Is it a problem that you can share how, like how you're going to approach it? How are you going to keep it food safe?
1: Yeah, so it's really going to be more along education with the bars that we go with. Okay. So, like, understanding, like, treating it, making sure that you're cleaning prior to use, that you're not being irresponsible product, and also getting secure cold change. It's really just kind of making sure that once it leaves our facility and that it's stable and good to go that through the whole chain of custody to the consumer, it's the way that we want to be. So it's a mix of dialing in our process as well as just educating the end consumer there.
0: Got it. Okay. So you're going to be like like a Guinness thing where it's like, we're going to teach you how to pour it. And then you're going to be (laughs) official. And it's a whole thing. Cause I mean, what you're, what you're talking about is not unheard of in the, in the space at all. So you're probably getting enough people to go down the field and do it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's also two things. We want to pick accounts that are going to go through fast. So that like a couple of weeks, not really worried about anything. So if they're they're moving through the product, it's much less of an issue. And also a lot of people that do consumer product are going to be more, if it's for health reasons, are going to be especially sensitive to any defects. If anything were to happen that we don't want to put anyone at risk, whether pathogens, bacteria, anything were to happen to be in those lines, definitely have like the best experience from quality and safety.
0: That's crazy. That's wild. I never would have thought about that. And you said the only thing you really have it to keep everything in check is the the pH, and I guess I also never really thought about alcohol being sort of a barrier like that to you know to prevent any bacteria from going in because because I've gotten a lot of sour beers <laughs> that are not really supposed to be that way. So it just it, it's it's a whole way, new way to look at how beer is packaged and served, um, you know, over the counter. So I cracked this upside down, which is a uh, just says golden, but I imagine it's the golden ale. And I thought I read somewhere in your in your origin story this is like the first. Was it the first beer that you guys sort of came up with or like we can actually do this?
2: I, I can't actually remember if it was, if it was this guy or the the run wild, but I know that uh. they were both sort of in tannin. Like I can't recall which one was sort of the first one, but these, those were the two okay. sort of inception beers of the, of the entire process and, 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 and company.
0: Yeah. This beer, this is like this, I think the first one that I had and I was like, wow, this actually tastes, it's sort of like a, a almost a, a pale ale, from like early two thousand, like it's it there it's it's the mouth feels I don't say really heavy because that's an exaggeration, but there's a lot of mouthfeel. It's very rounded, um, with you know Chris. This is okay. Here's my problem, and I guess it's the problem I've been having for the last twenty fucking minutes, where it's like I I think of it as a different thing, like it can't be made with the same ingredients. So I don't know what ingredients there are. It's hard for me to talk about. Scott was going to say, like, it tastes like there's, like, a a lot of crystal malt in here. And then in my head, I'm going, no, dummy, it can't be crystal malt because it's a non-alcoholic beer. So let me break it down. How do you make this beer? Is it with grains? How are you? How do you? What's going on?
2: Walk me through the process, please. Everyone else does. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we actually do
1: have, just so we can tell that we're not lying to you, we do have our ingredient (laughs) label on there.
0: You liars. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have a can with ingredient label. Oh, shit.
1: No, I'm kidding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said that'd be a bigger issue, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's definitely water, grain, hops, and yeast. Okay. So like all the traditional ingredients, like we we go through CMG, DSG, like nothing that any other brewery around like wouldn't be doing.
0: Okay. So let's say we're making Upside Dawn. We We, we mash in. Do you mash in at a certain temperature, a different temperature than the normal beer? What's the what's the, the beer-making process here for you guys? So
1: I got I'm going to give my, my canned my canned corporate response here. Please do. Um, yeah, because it, it is proprietary. But okay. uh, the big thing is that like we're doing traditional brewing methods and that there's not one silver bullet for how the beer actually becomes an alcoholic. So it's just like if you look at normal brewing schedule, it's that same one, but we make multiple tweaks throughout the entire process. So just think of hyper-attention to every aspect of dialing in our characters that we're looking for, and mm-hmm. we're just able to then produce an, a product that is
2: an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, provided that we – so we can go to any brewery and do this, make the same beer, it, provided it's clean enough that we can, you know, make sure we actually get through the whole process clean. But it's the – everything is the same. The whole system is the same. You know, we're buying professional brewing equipment that is – made for alcoholic fermentation, brewing, all that kind of stuff.
0: So it's not a, it's not, you don't run it through like the non-alcoholicizer or some like equipment that you had made somewhere. You can go to 21st amendment and you can make the same beer, basically non-alcoholic because it, so it, okay. So it's, it's the, the method, it's your process. You guys have refined a process to extract the flavors that you need. But how do you, how do you, I, well, you're not going to tell me. I want to know how you get the alcohol out because, you know, I, I've, I've read, you know, in like brew magazine years ago, it's like you can pasteurize it and you take your, you know, your beer and you, you put it in a kettle in the oven for at 150 degrees for an hour. And then maybe you'll have an explosion or maybe you'll have non-alcoholic beer. I don't really know. Um, it's nothing like that. Okay. No. And that's it. I didn't. And I, I, that's fine. And I, and I knew it, uh, but you know, I, I, I want to try to crowbar something out of it, but I guess we, I,
2: can't. I can tell you, we don't remove the alcohol. That, that's probably the, the, the most you're going to get.
0: Mm hmm. Okay. Well, here on the line is Coors Brewing Company, and they've <laughs> just wanted to, I don't know. <laughs> I like this beer a lot. Like I said, it, for me, it tastes like a pale ale. Um, it's not super bitter. The, the hops, see, the hops are another thing. So are you guys just using like, wh- like what kind of hops are in this golden? It's Upside down. you know that?
1: So I, I, would, I would definitely call it more of like an American golden because it is a little bit higher in the IBU, like averaging right around 25 IBU. Okay. But it's uh, going to be a blend of like American hops as well as some English hops. So you kind of get some of that citrusy fruitiness and then yeah. kind of that like earthiness from uh, the British hops. So it's kind of just a well, well-rounded. You get that whole experience there.
0: Especially as it warms up a little bit, like it's, it's been here for about, you know, about half an hour now for the duration of the episode so far. And, you know, it's warmed up a little bit cause it's warm in the studio. And as it warms up, like anything, the, um, the more the flavors come out, but the flavors for me, like you just said, are like the citrus, like, um, not even really like grapefruit, but like a more subdued grapefruit flavor. You know what I mean? Um, maybe like a subdued orange, but in combo, like a grapefruit orangey kind of thing, it's, it is very interesting and it is very different. It is, there is a, there is a different, almost like a different aspect to the the flavors of the hops. Like we were drinking on, on Dr. Homebrew, we were drinking like a wet hop strata beer the other day. And and I couldn't tell if like the flavors were from the strata hops, which I'm not really familiar with, or they were because they were wet hopped or whatever. And you know, wet hops are going to give you like a different sort of depth of character. I wonder if your process sort of produces or brings out maybe more aspects of the hops than than going through, like, the normal fermentation or the normal, you know, I don't even know what to call
1: it. I would say definitely the lack of alcohol mm-hmm. definitely brings forward a lot of different characteristics you normally wouldn't get. And so it definitely does make it, it does appear to become much more expressive with the hops and the ingredients we use. So you're able to pick up a lot more of the, the malt character of, the, like, the different hops that we're using just kind of, it doesn't numb your senses so much. Like you're not feeling the burn or like focusing the alcohol, you can actually focus on the ingredients going into it.
0: Okay. I think it's a good beer. I think this is a, a tasty beer. And like I said, man, I, I stand by it. I, I would be hard pressed to, to pick this out in the lineup of, uh, you know, of pale ales, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. And, and the kicker is all that experience with 50 calories too is the, is the mind blowing part.
0: You know, I shared this at a, um, <clears throat> a birthday party for my sister-in-law the other day. Wait, was that yeah, let's pretend that's what it was. And um <clears throat> with like some of my family, and I was like, You want to try this beer? And I didn't tell him that I was non-alcoholic. I'm like, check this beer out. Because they're not really like super big people, uh beer people. One of them's a wine guy, and um but we taste beers every now and then together. And he's like, Oh, I like this. It's pretty good, man. You know, and he's like looking at his glass and I go, non-alcoholic and he just like shit himself he's like are you serious because you know he's a he's a flavor guy like we're you know we're super couldn't had no idea and everybody I gave it to I told them after the fact that it's a non-alcoholic beer my uh, my uncle looks at the can he goes 50 calories sold and like walked away like I'm like I want to sign a contract with me I don't understand what you want from me right now Um, and that is does seem to be like the kicker with, uh, you know, with, with, with some people, it is the calorie, the calorie count, 50 calories in this can. Cause what is, what is a normal beer? Like hundred something.
1: Yeah. You're looking at a hundred for a macro lager to like upwards of 300, depending on how many, how many like IPAs you want to have triple, quadruple. It's they definitely get up there.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, when you're like 24, what do you care? You know, but like when you're 44 in two weeks, like, yeah, that's, um, I like seeing my feet. you know what I mean plus standing on them I like those I like my feet I'm a feet guy I guess I don't know yeah that's good stuff guys uh I'll tell you what let's take a break I'll get two beers and we'll come back and we'll go through those um the the beauty is I mean I don't know maybe is is there a a, a, a tasting pyramid to go through, you know, because normally you'd start with the lighter beers and go And like the heavier beers. You did send me um, a darker beer, but for the most part, everything's just called IPA, which normally I'd, I'm offended by, but it's not alcoholic. And that's the offensive part for me An IPA. It's like a, I don't want to drink a six and a half percent beer. So I'm excited now. This is the first time you guys got me excited about IPAs. I'm, I'll just bring some of those, I guess. It doesn't really matter. There's no tasting order.
2: Not really. Thank you. Yeah. I think the Dark and Gordy is probably going to go last just because it's a little bit more different. Outside yeah. of that, you can probably go in any order you want.
0: I love it. I love it when I can I do could, whatever I want.
2: We'll,
1: we'll keep the, uh, the Wet Hop uh, Idaho 7. We'll keep that second to last just because that one okay. packs a pretty big punch.
0: Okay, which one? What's that called?
1: That's the very explicit title, Oregon-Idaho 7 Wet Hop IPA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hang on, everybody. We'll be right back with the boys from Athletic Brewing. It's the session Uh, I already told you we'll be back, so uh, hang on, I guess.
1: Segmented, demented, fermented. Fermented.
2: It's the session. Yeah! All
0: right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are back with Russ and Kevin from Athletic Brewing, talking about non alcoholic beer as much as we can, you know? (laughs) Get nothing from you guys. I'm kidding. I totally understand. You know, here's the upside down can. I love the, the artwork too. It's very simple. It's very, but also sort of like, I don't know, retro. It almost looks like a, like an old national parks poster, you know? I can do that. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. Like I said, when I opened up the box the first time, I was like, wow, I want to take a picture of this. Just the, the, the colors you guys use, like the sort of two tone on the top. Everything just looks really nice. Uh, You know, it's a good, it's a good package design. So I cracked the run wild which is the IPA. And I will say, you know, I so the first one I ever bought was Upside Down. I bought a total wine. And, you know, tried it, liked it, of course, and then went back the next time because I'm really addicted to the, um, the hop, the hoppy refresher, the hop water from Lagunitas. Constant, just absolutely constantly drinking it. And um, so anyway, so I, I got more Upside Down and then I got the Run Wild, but I was like, you know what, an IPA... I don't know how I, I can imagine. Okay, sure, the golden ale, yeah, you know they did a good non alcoholic, you know golden ale. But IPAs, I mean, I know beer and the hops are probably going to get just destroyed by whatever process, uh, whatever. So I was very very skeptical going in drinking this beer as just a a beer dickhead, and I was I was completely wrong, hundred percent. It has a, a great hop aroma. Kind of that light citrusy notes that we were talking with the with the upside dawn, uh, but you you smell it. You definitely know it's an IPA. It has a bite. It has bitterness to it. To me, this is like it. It tastes like a like an old like an old school. And I hope this is no offense because I mean it as a compliment. Because uh, I don't really like modern IPAs to be honest, but like an old school IPA, like early two thousands. There's some crystal malt. Feels like crystal malt body. There's some oomph to it. There's some weight to it. But the bitterness comes through and cleans it up and you do get some of some sort of like earthy sort of old school hop vibes from it. I I, so I personally really like it because like I had an IPA the other day tasting it from with someone and it was like, oh, the two row malt and a million pounds of hops in 10 gallons of water. And you're like, OK, this is great. <laughs> this is cool. I need to replace my tongue now. Um, But this there's flavor and I sort of miss that about IPAs, honestly, is that, you know, they're just like we've stripped them down so much that there's not a whole lot of care. There's not a whole lot of malt, you know, complexity. I sort of miss Crystal Malt in IPAs.
2: This is meant to be like a very traditional West Coast like IPA. So pretty bright, somewhat bitter, and then and then enough enough hops to make you happy.
0: How do you go about designing an IPA like this? Like is it is it just like well we're, let's make an IPA with our with our process and then um, see how it shakes out and then adjust from there or I mean how do you how do you approach that knowing that IPA is the big dog in the room when it comes to the to, to beer that if you can't so make I'll, a good IPA you're done.
2: I'll give you a crappy answer and then Ken give you a good one. Uh, how would like you've probably homebrewed a couple in your in your time. How do you go about making an IPA recipe? Like,
0: um, I throw it out and make a porter instead. But if no. I was gonna make an IPA, <laughs> it <would> be, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would just I would just uh, I would try something so I'd have something to build off of.
2: Yeah, same thing. We good. we can we do the same thing that you know homebrewers do, professional brewers do. We just go to make an IPA. We choose hops that we want what flavors you want to accent and then go it. from there.
0: I can't believe it. So, so your process doesn't like change really the flavor ratios or, or, or throw it out of whack. Like if you're, I don't know, um, lagering a beer or, you know, if you're putting on a beer to, to age, you sort of want to give it a little more hops. So the hops can kind of carry through because they do diminish over time. Something like that. I would just imagine if you have you, cause you have a process, the flavors aren't going to be the same but maybe they are. I don't know. Is that what happens?
1: The, the real, the real challenge is trying to find the right balance with it. Like when we're working with our product and mm-hmm. it, it is tend to be sensitive. So we had to be careful with what percentages, everything we put in obviously can't go down that line, but we're, we're very like intentional with what ingredients to use to kind of get that end result. So really thankful that, John and Bill did all their hundreds of batches in the garage, so we're able to get kind of like the framework of how to make it work with our process. And then from that one, it's like Mr. Potato Head—you can, you can plug and play. You can, you can really like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if we swapped in this grain and we tried this technique, and then we have a pile system. We let the brewers go wild with it, and then just kind of see what happens. So some of our best discoveries have just been either mistakes or just someone like what the hell is going to happen? And we didn't have an answer for it. So we just tried it.
0: Let's try this question <laughs> because I, there's, there's an answer here that I, I don't know what it is. And I want to be satisfied with it. Um, if I can write, if I can ask the right question, which is rare. Um, but if you, so let's say your, your first batch of IPA, you taste it. What is there something that's consistently off balance when you try, when you run a night, when you run a, a recipe, through the system, through your process, the first time, is it like, okay, we're going to have to tweak the hops out because something is sort of sticky-outy, and it's not well-rounded, and you have to, like, tweak it out later? Does that make sense? Is there one thing that consistently is, like, we're going to have to to overcompensate for this flavor subset being off-balance?
1: I I think you're going to hate my answer, but, like, (laughs) again... I hated the question, Kevin, so... (laughs) With, with, uh, without without the alcohol in there, like you'd be amazed at how good just all the ingredients taste naturally, like okay. how good malts can be, how, how delicious hops can be just in that combination, in that format, if you're not abusing them and like treating them poorly, it's going to taste good. Is it always going to be a winner? Is it always going to taste great? No, but like it's just experiencing ingredients that everyone loves just in a different format.
2: Yeah, we have to sort of run trials on hops, just like other breweries do as well. So there's nothing really different about that than, than any other professional uh, brewery.
0: I guess that's what I'm just I'm I'm sticking on still. I'm trying to come to terms with that. You guys are just doing the same things that everybody else is doing. The same things we've talked about on the show since 2005.
2: Yeah, sounds I, right.
0: I just don't know. It's like it's like telling me the Earth is flat. It's like I'm tr- I I grew up knowing that it's round, but if you're trying to tell me it's flat. Now I believe you, or maybe the other. Way. So. <laughs> So with a beer like this, with with the Run Wild, you run it through. Okay, we need to tweak it. Is there is there certain how how, how long did you work on this recipe? Is my I guess my question.
2: So this recipe was already sort of like around this again. This upside down and, and Run Wild were the the two that were there. I guess even before I started, those were like the two recipes that they had and they were set out and these were being made. And over time, we've definitely tweaked them. But that's that's more of We've grown as a company. We've gotten better at what we do. And so we've been able to understand how much better we can use our ingredients and what things do work well and what things maybe don't work so well. Um, so really it's 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 just been there since the beginning. John John came up with it and we've just sort of iterated on that and then expanded things outward since then. So I, don't know, I have an answer all.
1: that, that <laughs> might be able to, to give you something. Uh, okay, thanks. So like when the... The brewery in Connecticut is a steam-jacketed kettle. So obviously the foils are going to be different. You're, you're boiling Connecticut. You don't get the same evaporations. Like, obviously no brew house is the same. Moving out to San Diego, it was a, an external calandria. So you get more yeah. up to 217, 220. You get more caramelization. So, like, the big challenge that we've had as far as, like, flavor matching is getting the coast-to-coast coast the same. So that was definitely, like, how does this, for, like how does this system – produce what we're looking for compared to a different system. And so that's where a lot of the fun came in of making tweaks, going in, shipping beer across the country, sitting down on zoom, six feet apart of the pandemic with a bunch of strangers. Like how, like, how does this taste like really getting that feedback back and forth and then translating that into just like the next process recipes and just keep on going that line until we get to a point where we know our system, we know how to anticipate how the ingredients are going to react to what we're doing.
0: Okay. I I think I believe you now that it's, that it's, you're just doing the same things. I think everything's settled in. My brain is sort of, I I get it now. Now I think I'm with it. Now, uh, now I understand. I'm on board now. What's the, uh, what, what size uh, system do you have in Connecticut and then in uh, San Diego?
1: So we're, we're operating on a 40 barrel system in Connecticut and then a hundred out in San Diego. So, Definitely, definitely some tweaks to to make it all work. I,
0: it's wild to me that in a forty barrel system in Connecticut, like you you needed to expand within what a year and a half of opening something like that.
2: Yeah, and I think we would have done it earlier if we could find a place like that was that was a long time search too. So that wasn't like a, oh let's do this and then boom we found something immediately.
0: That's crazy to me. It just it's it's seriously mind blowing that that I mean non alcoholic beer. Your company, I think, sort of embodies sort of craft in general, the entire craft segment, like the mid '90s, where you're, there's such a, a growth, and you just need just to get people on board. It's it's an insane, and I bet it's even more insane on the inside looking out because it's just this rocket ship, and you're just going, and you got to make sure everything is uh, everything is valid. I mean, how do you, you know, I don't know. How do you not just lose focus?
2: You have a great team. And I know, again, that sounds really corny, but like we, we all, we came from different, you know, places and and different, you know, sizes and all that kind of stuff. And I think as a team, we, we, we sort of know, we know all things. So, well, I shouldn't say that. We don't, we definitely don't know everything. We know a lot of small scale things and like logistics there and like pain pinch points there. And we know bigger things. I mean, Kevin came from Anheuser. That's a, it's a pretty large brewery. You probably have heard of it. Um, So, I mean, like we have lots of different people from different scales that we can all sort of harmonize and work together to, to make things sort of hum along. And, yes, it is crazy. I mean, I getting into this, I knew the category would grow. I did not think it was going to grow this much. I'm astounded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same. I would never have, uh, you know, I read that you guys got a bunch of, uh, <clears throat> I went through a, a round of fundraising. And you got people like David Chang investing in the company. And uh, I'm like, I, you know, if, if you had hit me up and I had, you know, $500,000, like, what are you? high non-alcoholic beer do you see the numbers that like craft beer is doing right now I mean you know right now I guess it's dipped a little bit but um no what are you talking about um but then I would try it and be like I understand exactly what you're talking about it's, it's definitely a product you have to try and the cool thing is since it's non alcoholic you guys you can just ship direct to consumers right you don't have to go to your liquor store. I mean, you know, sup- definitely support your local businesses. But if nobody has it, we could just get online and just order it from you, right?
2: Yeah.
0: What a time to state, be alive, guys. State allows
2: it. I guess that's what we should say, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, because I guess there's some alcohol but because it's, what, under half a percent? Yeah. Yeah. Only because that's just what we can test, right? Or, I mean, is it just there's a little wiggle room there?
2: No, it's, it's a hard limit of 0. 0.49 being the, the highest we can we can legally uh, release.
0: Mm, okay, all right.
1: Yeah, and it, it's with those limits, too. Like, most soft drinks, such as soda, anything that's going to be flavored is going to have up to 0.5% alcohol as well. Juices, so, like, same thing. Really? Just through natural fermentation, different flavoring extracts, there's going to be trace levels of alcohol up to that level. So just, huh. just because we're, we're malt-based, means that we fall under that
0: extra scrutiny to have to label it. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, I'm finally opening a beer that I haven't had yet, and it's the Free Wave, the Hazy IPA. Now, this is something I really like to harp on, Hazy IPAs, but I'm sort of okay with it here. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know why. I haven't haven't smelled it yet or tasted it yet, but uh, I'm excited to to try the non-alcoholic take on a Hazy.
1: Yeah, I will say right off. It's not the milkshake in your face haze. It is a Thank
2: respectable you. level of traditional haze. Yeah, we we can't handle the the milkshake stuff. It just it hurts. It hurts. It hurts <laughs> me. I can't do that. It,
0: it, it is it is like soul crushing sometimes to see it. You're like,
1: yeah. I like my beer to taste like beer.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Especially you. I mean, especially with a product like this. Like you're working so hard to make what has generally not really been super flavorful, tastes flavorful. Uh, you want it to taste like beer. You want it to taste like the thing of what it is. Um, the aroma is very interesting. Um, it is It is bright. It is um, sort of juicy, but not like in the sense that we would talk about a hazy IPA as like having like the juice bomb or whatever, which, you know, I'm kind of fine with, honestly. It's a definitely a different smell. Tropical, you know, mango-y, the same kind of classical you know the 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 classic hazy aroma. You know,
1: uh, word. Yeah, it's pretty pretty well balanced. Got some mosaic, citra, like amarillo. it's just kind of that all just west coast hops running the full full spectrum of, of flavors there.
0: This is an interesting beer, dude. Wow, this is weird. Such it's such a different. My I'm short circuiting for a second. There's a lot of hop flavor in this. There's a lot of of hop. There's a lot of hop flavor going on here, like the 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 malt is a little bit lighter than like the Run Wild, um, so it doesn't taste like there's like a ton of crystal malt in there. But you get a lot of hop flavor, um, even some sort of layers of hop flavors. It's it's definitely the 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 tropical, um, bright, um, sort of like sweet citrus hop flavor. If that makes any kind of sense.
1: I mean, you're you're dissecting it pretty well. <laughs> Definitely lower, uh, lower on crystal. Just a lot of wheat, trying to add some of that mm. softness, some of the body to it, which is also adds nice haze.
0: It it cleans up well, and this is a point where I'd say it finishes dry. But, how, you know, how do it do the thing? <laughs> this is my brain. don't understand. Um, there's there's a there's a dry look. There's a dry finish, and whatever. Wow. Um, there's a dry finish in it and it cleans up and you still get some hop flavor to it. It's, you know, if if you're if you're used to drinking, you know, hazy hazy beers, you're you're this is this is a different animal altogether, but it's it still has soft water. It still has the same kind of um, soft aspects of hazy beers. It has a, a, a those sweeter um, new school hops to it. It's uh it's you know, this is I would be fine if hazy beers were, were like this, you know, yeah, because I would, the soft water hazy beers, I can't, I like too soft where it's like, I'm drinking a pillow. I can't, I can't, that hurts my brain even more.
1: Yeah. So when, when I moved to Connecticut and it's going to the bars, every single beer, you couldn't find a clear beer to save your life. It was all just hazy new England. And then when I moved to San Diego, it was finally refreshing to have, clear bitter beer and that was just like mind-blowing you could go out there you could get pizza port just yeah. ballast you got all those like huge tightens of the industry there and then just like having that bitterness again so this one having that 45 ibus still having all that soft wheat character it's just kind of the best of both worlds in my mind
0: yeah this is good so this is sort of you know outstanding from the other from the other two um how are people approaching this non-alcoholic hazy IPA in a world that's sort of dominated by hazy IPAs? How how are, how are people taking to your take on it?
2: People love it. I mean, you it's know? it's definitely one of the one of our top sellers, uh, eclipsing the other the other flagships that we've had. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's well received. And I know when okay. we first we first first made it on the pilot system, I wasn't really sure how it was going to be received, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. And we released it, and then it was like. Gone in a couple weekends, which at that point in in where we were in time was was unheard of for us. So, because uh, we were selling out of a tap room, which has in the middle of a business park in Stratford, Connecticut, there's like nothing going on. There's no foot traffic there. Like if you want to look at Amazon, Amazon's over there, but like no one cares. So it was there's a, <laughs> there's a salt marsh you could look at. That's, yeah, that's hell yeah, Yeah.
0: Well, and depending on the time of year, there's probably no business going on either because of COVID. So it's yeah. <laughs> you're just a double double screwed there. Yeah, that's a good beer. I like it, man. It's uh it's Thanks. It's, it's 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 bright, it, it sort of ticks all the boxes for for uh, what I would consider a um, a respectable hazy IPA. Yeah, I think I think Kevin, you were basically just saying that. It's just it is sort of it is what it is. Respectable
1: Yeah, we we, we chose the parts that we liked and that's what we're sticking with.
0: Yeah, and I think it is pretty ballsy, honestly, to to release a hazy IPA because, like I said, it does sort of like drive the industry <laughs> to a certain extent right now. Um, but that's you know I think what you guys are doing. How long have you? How long have you uh, been producing FreeWave? Wave?
2: That started as a as a pilot again. That was that had to have been. I feel like 2019. That was like sort of the year where we sort of started building that, and then I don't re- I don't actually remember when it went full on. Like it just recently went to a flagship, but like. Mm-hmm. Kevin, do you recall when we sort of went big with that beer? When I started, it was still on
1: the three-and-a-half-barrel batch. Um, and then that would have been July of 2019. And then there are people – so there's a, a large online Facebook community of people who are really into non-alcoholic beers. And they were losing their minds over free wave. They were trying to get it on the black market. They were making memes of, like, how can I get more free wave? It Damn, was like, dude. It was, it was the cult beer – that they were trying to get. And so, like, we do 40-barrel batches, 80-barrel releases, just trying to get it out there. And then I think January or February this year, we went full release as uh, one of our flagships.
0: You know, uh, drinking that last sip of my glass, definitely uh, pinned it down a little bit because the the can's warming up a little. It's lemon peel and tangerine.
1: That's that's, that's what, what we're going I'm, for, tangerine.
0: That's what I'm getting out of that. It's just, it was, it's it's very different. Um, can, uh, Russ, you're talking about flagships, are, are run wild and, and upside down. Your like main flagships, and then things kind of come and go off of that.
2: No, those are the two uh, up until Freeway became the third one. So we've, okay. we've those have been oh, okay. like we try to get that everywhere we can, and then Freeway jumped onto that, and then all the other Got ones it. are sort of in their own realm of whether they're LTOs or pseudo seasonals or what have you
0: okay so you have three basic flagships i've never seen the free wave out here i've only seen the run wild and the upside down but uh you know we're we're in a beer uh vacuum sometimes you know celebration came out last week or whatever we don't even have it yet and i'm fucking pissed off about it very upset (laughs) very upsetty. i approve of the uh, hazy ipa which I never really, again, thought I would, I would say. And, you know, it is a lot of, you know, people like to give me shit about it. It's like, oh, you just don't like hops. Like, it's not that it's, it's the alcohol. And, you know, I want to have a couple of beers. And by, by now I would be, you know, slightly, I would have to think a little bit more about what I'm saying, but I don't have to do that. I've basically had a can of beer, can and a half of beer, and I'm just, you're fine. I can go run from the cops now and not get arrested for DUI. Let's talk about entering beer competitions. Do you guys do beer competitions? We do, yep. That seems. I, I, I'm learning so much about this. So, where do you like GABF, like Great American Beer Festival?
2: Yep. Is there yep. is there a,
0: a non alcoholic like category for you, or is there you just enter in like you know IPA or whatever?
2: I believe last year was the first time they reopened that category. It's been shut off for a while because all we had were the macro ones. But they opened it. Mm. Or, sorry, it wasn't last year. It was the last year. It was twenty twenty nineteen. I think was the first year they 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 brought it back, and uh, yeah. So no, they have a category. We also we would dabble into other categories just to see see how things, uh, you know, stood up to that sort of level of uh, stuff. And we got great feedback, and mm-hmm. it was it was positive. So we were happy with that. Everything's uh, good, okay. But I'll let Kevin uh, spill the beans on uh, on GABF here.
1: Yeah, so this year at GABF, I think, was it forty or fifty entries? We got second and third uh, in the non-alcoholic beer category. Nice. So we had our our Goza was the I'm um, losing track of what was other number two. And then number, no, number two was a hazy IPA that we did for a benefit uh close by the mile. And then the Goza was third place winner.
0: Wow. Congrats. That's cool. That's great. You had to do a Goza. Man, you guys are crazy.
2: There's, there's a lot of other competitions too that I, I can't remember the name of, like the world beer awards or world beer cup that we've, world beer cup, we, yeah.
0: we,
2: we had a really good win. I'm, I'm going to, Screw us right. up, but we got, did we get like we won the overall category for like the U.S., Best I think? Non alcoholic stout in the world, There's, There's, yeah, yeah. Wow, do
0: I have that? Is that, a, is that a beer I have?
1: Yeah, we can send it to you. Oh, that's uh, fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, by the time yeah, it's, I get uh, it, it's one of our it. seasonals, so like it should be on store shelves.
0: Okay, congrats, that's cool. Also, there are 50 entries in the non alcoholic beer category. Is it a, a category you guys are seeing growing? I mean obviously not GBF, but just, you know, on the in the marketplace, do you see more and more non-alcoholic beers popping up?
2: Yes, tons. It's, it's 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 actually great too. We like to have it expanded. We we don't want to be the only ones here. We want everyone to 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 do it their own way and and succeed. We just want to make sure that people are are doing it, you know, the right way in the sense mm-hmm. of safety because again, we we harped on this before, like pH is our our major control point. And if you don't have that, then then things can go into a danger zone. So we're really trying to make sure that we hammer on those details and that people know like that's that's like your number one critical thing it's got to be food safe because it is a food product that's the thing that most people don't understand is it's not it's not beer in the sense of sales it's it's food
0: got it okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that makes total sense um, okay we're gonna take our last break I'm gonna get the other beers I'm gonna come back we're gonna run through those talk about those real fast and then uh, and I'm excited because there's a um, Spice beer in there. I like spice beer. Now's the time. Time of season, baby. Let's go. Um, all right, everybody, hang on. It's the session. Real quick. We'll be right back. You're tuned into the session.
1: Life's too short to to
0: the crappy radio. All right, Thanks for hanging on, everybody. It's the session. We're about to, well, I guess we're not really about to wrap anything up here with uh, the boys from Athletic Brewing, but I do have three more beers to run through. And I'm excited, honestly, about each and every one of them, but the Dark and Gordy uh, that's, that's, I'm, that's the last one. I'm going to save that one because I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, because, uh, oh, that's just me. It's this type of season, man. I'm, I'm ready for that kind of shit. Sunset Stoke. Tell me a little bit about Sunset Stoke, please.
1: So this was a pilot beer that we did that, uh, it was really popular. Uh, it, so it started off as Kremlin IPA but then that was deemed a bit too controversial with everything going on. So then it became uh, Reed's Red. Uh, so Reed is a brewer at our Connecticut brewery. So uh, very talented brewer, comes up with a lot of good recipe ideas, but so this has been his biggest like, crowd pleaser. So we've done probably a couple hundred barrels of smaller releases, and this one got bumped up to a full, full-fledged distribution release.
0: That cuts a nice little red color. The uh, It's not really great background from like me being not the great background sort of makes it a little darker than it needs, but it's like, um, light amber color, I suppose. Right. Something like yeah. that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Light red. So you have just a little more crystal malt in here or how do you, how do you differentiate that in the, uh, in the, in the recipe? So
1: Reed is a big fan of red X.
0: Red so, X. Okay. Yeah.
2: Just it's a, a, yeah. It's a Munich type. Like dark yeah. Munich.
0: Okay, she gets some of that raisiny. Yeah, there's like a toasty, ready, toasty raisiny kind of thing going on there. So it's more like a red IPA. Yeah, ish sort of. Yeah, I'm trying to categorize it, and it doesn't need to be, but I just you know I don't know. It's very different from the other beers. I mean, mainly because it's just (laughs) it's different malt, but even the hop profile is different. I guess that's also what sort of striking to me is, is your beers are tasting different. And I, and, and I guess this is why I was excited to talk to you boys about this, because it, it, the preconceived notion that I had personally, and I know other people have as well about non-alcoholic beer is that there, there's nothing to it. There's nothing going on. And maybe you'll get one that like, okay, this tastes sort of like a beer and that's fine. But how do you make several different beer styles. I mean, they're not all just IPAs. They're not all obviously golden in color and whatever. You have different colors. You have differences between them. You have different flavors. You're experimenting with different styles. And I think that's, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's almost like um, too crazy enough to work, right? <laughs> it just doesn't really seem like you can get flavors like these from beers that are non-alcoholic. And it, it's just, it's completely throwing everything I ever thought about non-alcoholic beer out the window.
2: I mean, I think you got to remember that it is, it is beer. Like it's got all the same ingredients. It's done yeah, the I same know, way. It's, it's still beer. You don't, you, you can't, you can't say it's not.
0: I know. And that's, and that's, I'm, I know I said I'm, I'm on board. And I'm, I'm still, I, I'm defaulting to that. Like this is mystical magic voodoo shit. <laughs> and it, and it's, you know, and like you said, it's still beer. It's not, wow, this is actually has a really firm bitterness. This is probably the most like firm Bitter beer that I've had of yours so far. This is like yeah,
1: it, if, it. It comes with yeah. loads and loads of mosaic and Simcoe. Okay, so lots, lots to back it up.
0: If you are, if you're looking for like a red IPA, this is it. Wow, yeah, that's that's very firm bitterness, man. Nice, but it, you know, and it's not, it's not too, uh, it's not
2: aggressive. Did You say you're getting kind of stoked about
0: it. <laughs> well, it is getting sunset here
2: it's been dark here for a while yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i <laughs> yeah, like, like it your, too. your reaction of kind of confusion is i've seen that like at beer fest where we hand out our beers so folks be going around getting a good buzz on stop by the athletic table and like you can just see the gears trying to turn
2: yeah. and they
1: just can't process like what's happening they're like they look at you their, their jaw goes a little slack and they're like they think you're lying to them and like it's just like watching that moment of realization just kind of come in is is really satisfying.
0: It's gotta be, I mean, that's probably, you know, next to your paycheck, right? This is probably the most set. The second most satisfying thing about working at uh, the at athletic is, is turning people's heads inside out. You know and, what and I mean? It, it like,
2: <laughs> it, it, it doesn't come with the, without the pain too. I mean, like I, I know when we went to GABF for the first year, like you get a lot of people who come up just as Kevin said, and like, wow, that's really cool. And then you get some people that like, they read, they see non-alcoholic and they just turn right away and that, it's, or they like say, yeah, why would I want to drink that? Like Yeah.
0: So that's sort of the counter that, that, that was my next question. Like what, like what sort of negative experiences are you getting from, from, from this?
2: It, it is a lot of that people just kay. don't, well, why bother? Like, why am I, why, why would I do that? And then, you know, that's, we have this big like hands and hands thing where we just got to get it into people's hands because they just have to try it. If if they go in open-minded, they're going to like it. And that's kind of the thing that we just need to try to encourage is that people can't, as, as you're having trouble getting over your preconceived notions, yeah, most people have those, and they're they're hard to they're hard to push through.
0: And I'm dumb as shit, and so I imagine like smart people are going to have a, a, a easier time. But there's more dumb people. There's people dumber than me, and I feel like, you know, they're going to have a rough time too. No, but it's like, and and that's sort of like you know back to your origin story, right? Where uh, the way to grow, the way to, to get this information out is to just serve it to people. Just try it. And it's not like a normal beer. I mean, you know, I guess like normal beers, uh, normal beers. I probably even shouldn't say that. It is a beer.
1: We we say leaded and unleaded is a <laughs> is a term that we use.
0: Okay, all right. You got your leaded <laughs> beers. I mean, people have the same sort of issue with 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 brands that that have alcohol in them. You know, we got to get people to try them. But I think the door's a little more open to that. The channels of distribution are a little bit wider. It's a little bit more accepted, I guess, or whatever. But for the unleaded, for the non-alcoholic, I think you have to work twice as hard, three times as hard, because you have all these barriers to break down first before people are willing to try it. Some people, not severely open-minded people like myself who just buy it on a whim no matter what.
2: And, And there's enough people out there who are willing to try it too, and that's like we... Initially, yeah. that was definitely a fear that I had, and, and like you see that when you go to these major beer mecca things like GABF and things like that, that you know the crowd is definitely tailored to heavy duty craft beers. They want the milkshake IPAs, they want their pastry stouts, all that kind of stuff, and that's that's a tougher crowd. Um, but again, you do you do turn <laughs> some heads there. Um, but really, it's just about like people are going to talk, and that's like yeah. you said, you brought it to uh, your sister's whatever that was, mm-hmm. and like people tried it and they were excited about it and they, and they, they like, you know, you don't tell them they like it. And then they're like, cool, I can actually like this. And like, that's like our biggest, our biggest thing is like word of mouth. Just try it. You'll like it and tell somebody about it.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, you know, originally it's for like, you know, the healthy, you know, active sort of lifestyle, but there is like, we were talking a little bit earlier there, there is a, a different customer base there too. And I wonder, I wonder what that is, you know, it's, beer drinkers like us, we're all, you know, quote, normal beer drinkers, leaded beer drinkers. Um, Why, why is that interest of like, I want a beer, but not, but have no alcohol. i have been trying to figure that out for the last like week, like leading up to this, like what, what made me reach out to, to try this a couple months ago on my own? Like, what, what is the draw? What is the interest there? I don't, I don't really know the answer. I wonder if you guys have like, just not to, not to feel like ass.
1: So I Sometimes. think the, the health and wellness trend is definitely picked up. Yeah, but the the pandemic kind of accelerated that. With if you're not going out and you're not you don't have the social situations of being out and having to a happy hour and you're you're stuck at your house, it's much more you're able to notice like kind of problematic trends of maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be drinking five beers a night and like falling asleep <laughs> on the couch. It's just yeah. like there's a lot more time for self reflection when you can't leave your house, which is then you pick up the habit of substituting in and then it just still continued to, to kind of grow at that point and just become more acceptable at the same time.
2: Yeah. I mean like a lot of, a lot of like, again, like you go to the liquor store, you're, you're looking for something like, it's a new beer on the shelf. Like I, I know that like I, I like to go splurging. Sometimes you look around, you see what's new, what's, what's different. What you haven't had, we haven't seen mm-hmm. and you try it out. I mean, maybe some people have bought it by accident, not knowing it was an NA and they, you know, they get upset and they do you know terrible things to it whatever but i mean <laughs> some people are going are going to get it try it and enjoy it i mean it's 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 just trying something new i think that's yeah. a lot of like like maybe from the craft beer drinker's mindset like i know that like again people like to try the new thing the cool thing whatever this is kind of a, a new cool thing so
0: do you guys follow untapped i mean i imagine that you people are are rating your beers there is that a thing that you guys are paying attention to you
2: no know, kevin does <laughs> very very <laughs>
1: I, I was a little thin-skinned uh getting to there like you'll have people yeah. who drink it from the perspective of an alcoholic beer and like appreciate it and you have people who are like one star like this is dumb and like that that's just like their reviews like not enough booze for me and like it just goes there and it just like that's someone that like I want people to try it and like you have to realize like they're coming at it looking for the burn like looking for that that buzz and that's not going to be like what they're gonna find with us. Like mm-hmm. we're we're there for the flavor and kinda of like trying to have again this is corny, but being in a social event if you can have like a seltzer in your hand or like a soda, just definitely doesn't have the impact of holding on to a like a beer that you can you can sip on. And there's just a lot more complexity to it.
0: Yeah, you're almost branded like a nerd or like here's here's oh here here comes uh JP. He doesn't like to have any fun. Here's a non alcoholic beer you know, or whatever, like here's, here's, he has a soda in his hand, but you know, you could, you can run up with this and nobody, you know, not that nobody would know because they shouldn't have And I guess this is, this is sort of like the, the juxtaposition of like, you know, you want to, you want to party, you want to keep the party going, you want to extend your night out, but at the same time, you don't want to get super wasted and you want to tell people, but at the same time, you don't want to be, I don't know, I guess made fun of because there is that subset out there of people like you said, like a GABF, and I've been a GBF several times. I know exactly the type of people you're talking about. Um, so it is this weird, it, it's category changing and it's industry changing and it's going to, it's going to take a, a little bit of time, I guess, to, to, to get uh, beer drinkers, hardcore craft beer drinkers ready for it. I don't know. I, I think the just the fact, the term non-alcoholic beer has always been sort of weird. But I don't think it needs to be, especially with beer that tastes like beer.
2: And, and like we're never going to get beer. them all. Like, it yeah. just won't happen. No, like, it's, no. And we're not trying to. We're just trying to get enough people who want to try it to try it. I mean, it's it's just another option. It's, again, we, we talked earlier about competition. It, yeah. It's a, we can be or we can't be. It's kind of up to the consumer. It depends on how they view it in, in their mind. I mean, we're just trying to make something that anyone can enjoy anytime.
0: Well, and clearly you're doing it. We're talking about the, the the numbers of growth earlier in the in the show, and that sort of shocked me because I didn't think that there were that many people that were after these flavors in a non-alcoholic variety. Told, just caught me off guard. And I think Little, it's great. And literally I think,
2: hundreds of them, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: they're all related it very, to me. Very
2: dedicated. Yeah. Super <laughs> hydrated too. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, it it's it's great. Anyway, um, I opened a uh, ready front. Can you talk a little bit about this guy, please?
1: Yeah, so this is going to be one of our... Uh, this beer's releasing on Veterans Day, so it's going to go live on November 11th this year. Okay. Um, wow. So got to give shout-out where it's due. So uh, Chris Callum, he's our Director of Operations, is an Army vet, so he worked with the brewing team to kind of come up with the recipe. So he really wanted to highlight the hop character of it, so just kind of two-row, keeping the... The malt, though, like, really simple. Just really kind of keep it dry, simple, let the hops show forward. So there's that. And then we also use uh, Yakima Chief, their veterans one this year. Okay. So uh, I think looking at it, it's uh, two experimental hops, Equinot, Idaho 7, and Azaka. So just going to be tropical citrus, some woody character. Definitely. Smells like that. Unique. Yeah.
0: Smells like that that combo. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that woody too. It's it's like, um, and I I wouldn't have got it until you until you said that. But that's exactly because it's not earthy, but it's, it's like a
1: sandalwood almost.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, Egyptian musk. Yeah, it's yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a a sandalwood and then the the tropical. That's a very uh, interesting aroma. That's a, an altogether brand new aroma for me.
1: Yeah. So the the cool part for for this beer is that it goes towards. Three uh, different charities. So, for like just buying the hops alone, so yeah, uh, Yakima Chief donates $3 per pound to wow. uh, k for Warriors. And then, as a company, we're also donating from the can here, I got to see, to Catch a Lift and then Team RWB. So, really just trying to like put our money where our mouth is, especially with veterans Day, like not just making beer celebrating, but actually putting it back to the community. So, doing some good with with the beer that
0: we make nice man cheers to that that's cool wow three dollars a pound that's nothing to nothing to shake a stick at man that's good well wow, what a cool uh what a cool beer and that's a it's a nice message man i think it's neat and so this has not out yet this is november 11th and this is going to be you know online i imagine too or is this um you know at the at the tap room only or, or limited distribution yes
1: yeah, so it'll be limited tap room in Connecticut and then just going online, just through our website.
0: It's good. You know what? A lot of times when, when people come on the show and it's like, oh, I have, you know, four IPAs or five IPAs, they sort of all either are reminiscent of one another in the malt bill, maybe, or the whatever, but your IPAs do have, they, they taste different. This definitely has a different flavor. They're, they're separate. I could probably pick them out in a, in a, in a lineup, which again Sort of not what I expected. Number one, you have way more beers than I than I expected at all because I imagine this is like a complex, you know, I mean, not that it's not complex, but it's just a wholly different thing. But like you guys keep beating into my face, it's beer. It's brewed the same way, dummy. And then I say you guys are right. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, it, it does have a, a, a nice dry finish, but it is sort of like a, a that candied citrus you know, quality to it. The malt bill is completely different. There's a little bit of sweetness, but not too much. It's nice and rounded still. It's almost reminiscent of like the hazy, but, but not that, like not that much. Um, this is a good beer. I like this beer a lot. And I, you know, like I said, I'm sort of IPA adverse and this is a tasty beer
2: We're doing our best.
0: I like it. That's, that's probably my favorite so far. I'm going to be honest right now. I like that a lot. And then
1: Yeah. The last one is going to be nothing like the previous one.
2: Yeah.
0: Good. I hope so. You know, as I, as I reach for it and open it, what is the, um, the driving force behind all, you know, you you have a lot of IPAs. Is that something that you guys are just passionate about or is that the easiest to, to make into non-alcoholic beer or is just something per market demand or what's the, what's the, the, uh, the the reasoning behind the multiple IPAs?
1: I I think it was what I could find when we were going through like what to what to send out oh okay. Uh, cause, cause right. we we do make like we have porters uh we have a stout that's a seasonal um uh, we've got a like a, a copper this is gonna be our kind of spring and summer seasonal uh we're coming out with another flagship in in march how many
0: how many beers do you make how many different beers do you do you guys make
2: at any one time there's yeah. there's i don't know maybe like there's the three flagships and there's maybe like eight or so that are sort of like in, in a certain period of time, like a month, month and a half period. But I mean, I, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 beers we've made overall at this point. I don't even know anymore.
1: Yeah. It's, it's become a blur and trying, trying to keep track of that release schedule, making sure procurement works, make sure recipes are working. It is, uh, again, really glad that we have a very talented team out there. <laughs> uh, cause if, if that was, if that was just Russ and myself, it'd be, we'd be terribly lost. <laughs> that's a lot I mean
0: I mean that's that's more brands than than you know some other people that have been on this show that's a ton that's a ton and you've been open 2018 yeah that's a lot I mean and I think that's part of the the sort of shock and awe about the um about the the you know how many styles you got going on the flavors the combinations all that kind of stuff is you're a young young company but you sort of went at it full force
2: yeah again bill bill had a vision and and he he got people together that could make it happen and we're still going on that i mean i mean not to like try to say oh like we haven't deviated from that we've made a lot of turns and twists and you know you know new imagination of what we're going to do but uh that's that's this is all coming from bills like i want to have something i can drink and feel good afterwards wow all
0: right last beer dark and (laughs) gordy. dark and gordy Tell me a little bit a little bit about this beer please
2: so but I'll let Kevin do the details but the the origin of this was actually so we have this program at the at the brewery that we, we we pair people up from different coasts and they make a beer together so they design a recipe and then they brew it on each of these coasts so this was the challenge was to see which coast could make the better pumpkin beer and so this was <laughs> one of those two pumpkin beers this was last year and now uh, it turned out really well and so we took it uh, took it by ourselves to make it again this year so that's what this guy is.
0: Just uh getting a lot of good pulls <laughs> off of this beer, man. Getting a little CO2 in my lungs. This is um it's oh man, it smells like um it smells like a lot of
1: stuff. It's <laughs> I'm trying to f- figure it, it, it smells out. Like man. fall and uh and the cooling weather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um I mean, you know, out here in the Bay Area, it's uh, you know, it smells like late summer because it, we don't really have fall. No, but it's like there's a grain smell. It smells like like the mash of a um I'm trying I'm like the, the I'm sorry, the pauses were and the stuttering is because I'm trying to match the the name of the grain because I'm trying to be cool, but god, it's it is like a it's like a black roasted barley in a mash, but not that acrid.
1: You're you're so close. Right? So it's going to be pale chocolate. How did I not know that? Oh my God, I'm so stupid.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite grain of like all fucking time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like you you get all the roasted character, but like none of the harshness. You get chocolatey kind of toffee notes, but it's not in your face kind of burning your throat going down.
0: Right. And it's almost like, it's like, like almost like a, like a nutmeg thing happening too. So is this, is this spiced? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like there's. I think there's. Is there nutmeg? My, can you tell me that at least? Can you give me some
1: information? (laughs) Going to be nutmeg, ginger, and then uh, try to think of. There is. We do have pumpkin puree in here.
2: Yep, actual pumpkins.
1: So then, yeah, last year on the 2020 brew, we could not find pumpkin anywhere. The supply chain was all messed up, so we had to order pumpkin from a warehouse in Pennsylvania and have it shipped out to. San Diego in like a matter of like two days, so oh. the cost of shipping was actually more than the pumpkin itself to get it in the beer yeah. meet the production schedule so we could get it out before uh Halloween,
0: oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say uh, so it's super cheap, that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow, man, what a totally wild beer
1: yeah, gotta give a shout out, so Russ mentioned that there were uh two brewers there was actually uh Sarah de Lorenzo she's our sensory specialist on the East coast. And then Tyler Tucker was our brewer down in San Diego who kind of works through email back and forth. This beer came out as a joke and like, we didn't think anything was going to happen of it. Bill tasted it and gave us a directive that we need to make a hundred barrels like the next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's man. That's a good beer. It is. It is. Um, there's a Woody character to it. Um, it's sort of like, I mean this in, in a positive, way. it's sort of like drinking a candle. I mean this in a very positive way because I like I like candles like these and I, I just that's that's my thing and I I will never back away from that I I love them so much, <laughs> um, but it's it's all the what I mean by that is it's the 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 super upfront aromatics of spices. A lot of times in spiced beers like these, you can you cover up a lot of the spices with a lot of the malt, and you know the malt isn't very isn't very heavy here. It's like a medium sort of bodied. Uh, you know, beer, it's definitely not as, as heavy as it might smell. But I think that plays well with the spices that you guys have in there because those kind of take over and then everything sort of, you know, comes out in the wash and then and then in your mouth you have a little bit of roasty, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the spice, a little bit of the sweetness, and it, it sort of cleans up really, really nicely. Sometimes in beers like this, the the instinct is to be like, all right, we need to overpower this with malt and then overcompensate all of that with spice but you sort of did the opposite the spices come through in the flavor really really well and that that's what I mean by it's like drinking it's like drinking a candle which is very stupid but I'm a professional so this is what
1: I'm going to take that as as a true compliment because that yeah. we we weren't going for candle but we got everything that we wanted out of the beer.
0: Kevin, nobody ever goes for candle. You just <laughs> you you achieve candle <laughs> based on your life experiences. It's absolutely 100% a compliment because it's it it's this is a spice focused beer and I I don't think I've had a pumpkin spice beer that to me tastes spice focused. And I mean it in a very very good way. It's a very good beer. I like it a lot.
2: So the, the people who designed it were, were our pumpkin champions. Uh, again, a lot of us were not into this, but uh, it came out really well. <laughs> I love
0: pumpkin beer. What are you doing? Get out of here. Go go away.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> uh, I love pumpkin beer. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I think it's great. A lot of people like to shit all over it. I love it. I will drink any pumpkin beer ever. But like I said, this is, um, this is, not overpowering in any way, shape, or form. And I think maybe that's what a lot of people don't like about pumpkin spice beers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's definitely a gentle, a gentle you get gently brought into the beer. And that's that's going back to your whole candle thing. Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. It's aromatherapy,
1: but but with a beer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's sensory therapy, man. I like it. Oh wow. Actually tasting it out of the can is very different too.
1: Hmm.
0: I like it. Yeah, it's a good beer, guys. I mean, everything is really good. I think my favorites are the Ready, Front, and the Dark, and Gordy. Maybe because I like two words. I don't know. But, yeah, those are my favorites. I like them a lot. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, where can people go to learn more about your company and to, more importantly, order the beer?
2: Athleticbrewing.com.
0: Athleticbrewing.com.
2: Everything you need there. Uh, there's like it, 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 You can go through the whole website. We got merch. We got beer. We have... You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that you want to learn about, sort of our, our whole culture, our mission, a lot of stuff on there as well.
0: Yeah, check the it egg. out, everybody. And then, uh, of course, you know, I imagine you guys are all over social media. I mean, who isn't these days, right?
1: It, I, I it is know. a necessary
0: fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. You're like, I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> I'm not on social media. What's wrong with you? uh yeah anyway check them out athletic brewing find them wherever you can order the beer if it's not in your in your area if it uh you know if you're friendly with your liquor store or whatever ask them to bring some in it's worth it man it's such a it's you you might feel like you're stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit but uh you'll try the beer and and you'll be you'll be hooked instantly you'll you'll you go why haven't i been doing this earlier since 2019 all right everybody Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com and learn about everything you need to make great beer at home. Coffee roasting, winemaking, all that kind of fun stuff. More Beer has it. If you need it, if you even think you might want it, go to morebeer, Uh They're big supporters of the show, and we love them and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Russ, Kevin, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it again very much.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Uh, until next time, everybody. Yeah, have a good one. We'll see you later. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. JP's an asshole. Justin's on my sky and winning the race. JP does great as his charity.